Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Should SUVs be banned from built up areas? Uh, journalist John Gibbons is on the line. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Marie. Uh, you posted a, a photo online this week of, of an SUV and it sparked a little bit of a debate. Can you describe the scene for me? Sure, yeah. It, the, the picture was taken one evening uh, recently in um, Dunleary. Uh, I was walking up the road and um, I basically encountered uh, fairly one of the fairly large SUVs and um, it also had a ball hitch. So they, it was legally parked in the sense that it was between the positions it was fairly close to the to his maximum that it could go forward yet uh it blocked up slightly over half the the uh footpath and again with the um the ball hitch protruding from that especially in the dark uh it presents a, a little bit of a of a hazard a trip hazard uh, for for people using the using the footpath but it kind of got me thinking the problem here really is just we haven't designed our cities and towns around these monster trucks uh this is really a, a really new phenomenon if you go back say to 2010 only barely one in 10 of our vehicles on the road were um SUVs. And the latest statistics on this uh, is that we now have approaching 60% of new cars sold in Ireland in 2022 are SUVs. Now, the incredible thing is that is the highest percentage in the entire EU 27. So Irish people have taken to SUVs like a duck to water. The problem really, Mairead, is that we haven't, you know, a lot of our cities and towns are based on a medieval framework. Mm -hmm. These were designed for horses and carts. They were not designed for two and a half to three ton trucks. Uh, moving around. So essentially, I suppose Ireland, maybe maybe it's our position between between Europe and America. We tend to adopt uh, American ideas here very, very quickly and very strongly. Uh, in Europe, for example, there's a trend, especially in the urban areas, towards smaller cars. And that isn't because people are like, you know, particularly like smaller cars. It's because they make sense inside, um, you know, a the, city. The, 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 yeah, cities. I mean, I remember once like renting a car in Italy and I realised I'd made a terrible mistake because I rented a kind of a medium to large sized car and everyone else was buzzing around in a little Fiat 500s. I had a terrible time with this car in and around and I realised of course that it was too big for the streets and I think we have a we're getting towards that issue here. Uh, just on that point, though, I, I can use my own family experience. We went on holidays to Italy, took one of my son's friends. So that meant there was six of us and the car was tiny and he couldn't fit it with the bags. And I suppose, um, John, lots of families now have these size vehicles because needs must, because there's buggies or shopping or three or four children. You might need a car of that size for a certain point in your life. Yeah, but... Uh if, if nobody, Mairead, for a second would suggest that 55% of the Irish population at a given time are at that certain point in their lives. But also, I mean, I'm, I'm one of a huge family. Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe we grew up in when things were a bit more lax and we were all kind of thrown in the back of a car. And all <laughs> no, no car seats, well, John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no car, no car seats, uh, not at all. Uh, seat belts were, were considered to be a bit of an option as well. But the point is that, you know, you can kid yourself into believing that you need to drive around in the, the equivalent of, a, of a, a smallish tank in an urban area because you need it for the kids. But I'm not so sure. And, and the strange thing, Ray, is a lot of drivers tell you that they drive, they like SUVs because they feel safe and they want their kids to be safe. 
Statistically, if you drive or you're a passenger in an SUV, you're 11% more likely to die in a crash because of that. Also, if you driving an SUV hits somebody else, you're going, you're far more likely to kill them, especially pass- or, um, pedestrians. Now, I'll, yeah, I'll explain that briefly. Mm-hmm. It, with, a typical, with a typical saloon car, the bonnet is quite low. So if, you, if you're unfortunate enough to be hit by a saloon car, basically it tends to hit you uh, in the hip area. The knee, around, yeah, well, below the hip, it hits you around between the knee and the hip. Now, that's pretty unpleasant, but it means the force of the impact is you're thrown then over the windscreen and thrown away, right? Now, it's unpleasant. Very unpleasant, probably, yeah. yeah at, but at, at lower speeds, you will probably survive that impact. You'll have broken legs, but you'll survive that impact. Now, the same impact in the same car, but this time the car is an SUV. The high front means that you're, the impact is now compressed into your chest area. In other words, into your vital organs. But this time, instead of being thrown over the windscreen, you're smashed under the car oh, because God. it's impossible with the shape. So this is why SUVs have become so dangerous. Now, I watched a video which I'd encourage uh, your listeners to look up. It's a really chilling video. It shows this little kid. at a, He was at a, a um, pedestrian crossing. And he kind of, st- small little fella, I'd say maybe about five or six. He started to walk and then he stopped and then he started again, like kids do. Mm. There was a guy, well, sorry, a person in an SUV at the, at the, at the pedestrian crossing didn't see the kid because the kid was below his eye line because of the high front of the car. He drove directly over the child and by a complete miracle, the wheels missed the child and the child, the car, this thing is so high that it actually drove straight over the kid oh who by miracle was avoided. But the point is the driver didn't even stop. He hadn't noticed. Now, that's how dangerous these things are to other road users. Now, I that know is a video are, I definitely don't want to watch, John, but thank you if I do. Um, I might go, if you hold on there, please, John. Uh, Damien is on the line as well. Uh, good afternoon, Damien. Hello, Maria. Uh, do you would you like to see SUVs banned as as John would from uh, city centres or built up towns? Well, I, I, I'm delighted that I'm here speaking to you because I think an SUV saved my life two years ago. Oh. And um, as regards the uh, tow hitches and stuff like that, well, tow hitches are fitted to a great majority of of ordinary cars rather than uh, just SUVs. So let's park that one. Uh, in regard to high vehicles with high bonnets, well, Ford Transits and all those utility vans are high up as well. And, and uh, I dare say that, um, you know, they'd have to be banned as well if the height of the vehicle is, is uh, of primary concern. But uh, getting back to the point, my SUV, I believe, saved my life because I lost a front wheel in a collision from a driver that was asleep, according to the guards. And he crossed the road and he took the wheel off. And I had some uh, trauma after it, but thank God I survived it and so did my passenger. So mm-hmm. I would speak highly for them. And especially since when I have a biofuel alternative to diesel fuel, and that should make the, the, them very, very uh, cleaner than they used to be. And I'll be buying biofuel from now on and I'll be holding on to my SUV. Okay. So I don't see that there's any problem with uh, an SUV overhanging the footpath any more than anything else. Do you? So you but, fully but, believe, Damien, if you were in a different vehicle, in that accident, you would have had far, you would have serious injuries or worse? Well, the guard that arrived there, he said uh, one second more and that car travelling at 50 mile an hour, according to witnesses, would have impacted your side door and you probably wouldn't be here. 
to, to, to be breathalyzed and give your uh, report on what happened. Okay. And uh, again, I, I can speak so highly for the SUV being a, a great safety uh, facility for uh, families, for instance. Okay. There's plenty of room. They're very strongly made. I suppose uh, I might bring John in on this. I suppose, uh, John, what Damien is saying there, it's very safe for the person inside the SUV, but maybe not so much for the person outside of the SUV. Yeah, um, well, first of all, I'm delighted that Damien wasn't injured. That that sounds like a, a very scary experience. But uh, to go back to my statistic, uh, as an SUV driver or passenger, you're 11% more likely to die in a crash. Now, Damien was lucky. Uh, the reason, by the way, why, despite their bulk, SUVs are so dangerous is their, their high centre of gravity means they're far more likely to roll over in a collision. And one of the most dangerous things that can happen in a collision is if your vehicle flips. And SUVs are far more likely to flip. If they get clipped from the side, over they go. Now, that's the danger with SUVs. So all that bulk suddenly comes against you because of, of your high centre of gravity. So unfortunately, I, I know they give the illusion of safety. and that, That's oftentimes people experience this sense of kind of king of the road. You're sitting up in this huge big uh, thing and you're towering over the traffic and feeling very, very, uh, if you like, detached from the traffic. That is true. But statistically, and I guess we have to trust statistics because they, they're, they're able to generalise rather than kind of, you know, focusing on a single a- anecdote, which could go one way or it could go another way. Statistics don't lie. And, and as I say, on average, SUVs, they, they're far more dangerous to, to other road users, but they're also, they kill their own drivers and passengers with a higher frequency than regular cars. Okay, I'm going to bring Dee in as well. Uh, good afternoon, Dee. Hi. Uh, Dee, do you drive an SUV? I don't, no. Okay, so you, you would probably agree with John, you're not a fan of them. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I'd be coming at it from a um, climate catastrophe point of view. And, and if you read um, Professor Hannah Daly, um, she's an engineering professor in UCC, and she says that we need to do everything we can to uh, reverse climate catastrophe, which we know anyway. We do. We, we talk about it all the time. And I don't mean here, I just mean in our lives with our friends and our family. We're always trying yeah. to do something a bit better. Yeah, but I mean, and one thing we can do is take cars as much as we can, definitely SUVs, out of cities, out of city centres, out of cities. I mean, and as the last speaker said there, I mean, they're they're dangerous. And also, they're, they're, they're particulate matter, the coming out of the tyres and, and going into waterways and stuff is a major contribution to microplastics and oceans. Well, what so, would you say then about, there's plenty of SUVs on the market uh, now, D, you know, that are fully electric, like the, the uh-huh. Volvo XC90, that is a big vehicle and that is fully electric. So what do yourself and John think about that? Would you be happier with those type of SUVs if more of those were on the road? Well, I, would, I wouldn't anyway, speaking personally. The production of those is, is heavy industry, and 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 producing massive amounts of um, of carbon. So I I certainly wouldn't. And then they're bigger, so they need more charge for batteries. So like, you know, you have more energy being used. So it's. It's a tough it's, one, it's though, not, because... It's not rocket science, though, is it? But we a lot need of, to change. We do, but there's, you know, I think Damien mentioned what about uh, vans and stuff like that. I mean, I would, a lot of the SUV owners that I know have them for work. And I was talking about this in the office earlier on. 
all of the cameramen I've ever worked with in TV, every one of them has an SUV because they need that boot space for all of the gear and all the things they have to travel and use travelling around the country. I recently had a, a Tyler in the house. He didn't have a van. He had an SUV because he said he's less likely to get his uh, get broken into as opposed to yeah. a van, which has yeah. tools in it. So there's plenty of SUVs on the road where people genuinely need them for work. But I think I, I think maybe we're talking more about uh, domestic rather than commercial use. I mean, obviously, commercially, if if you know, you have to. But there's there's a whole raft of of folks, Maria, who are driving these mm. um, huge trucks uh, that that do not, you know, that are not using them commercially at all. Okay, I'm going to talk to uh, uh, David. Good afternoon, David. You're you're there too. Good afternoon. Yeah, I am. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, David? I mean, there's some. Interesting points raised, and mm. it's a great, uh, great discussion. I think it's a fair point to say that the the 11% increased likelihood of having a fatal accident or an accident or being hurt in an SUV that does get um, that that statistic does get kind of undermined by low centre gravity with electric vehicles. And I think you raised that point, which is a really good one. Um, and then, and when it comes to size of vehicle, I mean, look, like like Dublin Airport's a prime example. Like I. I, just, I struggle to get in and out of my car in Dublin Airport because it's designed for little Nissan Micros from 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not fit for purpose, right? We all drive bigger cars than we used to uh, back in the day. And, I mean, I, a friend of mine um, sadly passed away in a car accident in a little small Picanto or whatever, whatever it was. I don't want to change yeah, the brand. It's, it's not their fault. It's a small but car, anyway. Yeah, you cannot you cannot say that your likelihood of surviving an accident is higher in one of those than it is in an SUV. Maybe in comparison to the whole, uh, they, there might be some stats there, but nobody can, you know, the car category is a large category, but surely logic um, prevails to say that the bigger the car, generally speaking, the, like, the, the safer you are in the vehicle because there are trucks on the road, because there are vans on the road. Uh, and, you know, a lot of haters will, will, will come on and say, well, you know, we, we should if we all ban them, we'll all be in small cars. But then we'll be, still be up against the trucks and, the, and the, uh, the vans and the commercial vehicles that are much bigger as well. So, like, I think I think we're safer in bigger cars. And also, like, let's be honest, it's, it's a it's a statement. It's a it's a luxury item. It's a statement of wealth. We used to wear gold chains to show how rich we were. <laughs> now now we drive big SUVs. And now we drive our gold chains. Now, hundred percent. And and but who but who are we to try and push regulation to stop people buying big cars or nice cars? I mean, surely everybody gets to decide what they drive. And if they live in a small village and their SUV can't fit there, that's, that's, let that be on them. Let that not be on us to choose what car they should be driving. Okay, well, stay, stay with me there. There's a couple of uh, messages in. Uh, SUVs in Ireland have become a status symbol, so that's, uh, that's agreeing with you there. Uh, it's not cars that kill people, it's people. We need to target the safe driving rather than the vehicles used. Uh, same can be said for e-scooters, which we talked about on Monday, uh, that people give out about it's not the e-scooter's problem, it's the person using the e-scooter. Um, what else is it there? Uh, in Paris or Italy, Mairead, you won't find SUVs. People just feel safer in SUVs as they are bigger uh, than other vehicles used by ordinary drivers. Wow. Um, and I'd just like to ask that gentleman who posted the photo, um, can vans park in that particular spot? And that's to you, John. You're still there, John. 
I'm still here, Maria. Yeah. No, I mean, a van wouldn't have fitted in that spot. So, I mean, uh, that particular I, like, spot is a very yeah. small parking spot. I mean, let's call yeah. a, a spade a shovel here with this one. That is a very small parking spot. It is indeed. I mean, like, it's, it's, it would fit a regular car. It didn't fit this particular one. It wouldn't have fitted, uh, you know, say, uh, a high ace van, which would be probably a similar length. And, and your previous speaker mentioned, yes, that there are other, other vehicles on the road that are larger. But of course, there always were. Uh, but, when we were entering into what amounts to a, a sort of an arms race here where one person gets an SUV, that makes other people feel less secure on the road. So they respond by getting an SUV. Suddenly, the people who are really losing out in this are the vulnerable road users. I mean, we're trying to get a modal shift in Ireland towards uh, pedestrianisation, towards public transport and towards cycling. But public transport, we've less space on the roads because larger vehicles, use up more space on the roads. That's just basic physics. Also, um, the, the, the share of, of road spaces, say, taken up by larger vehicles means there's less space for public transport. And, of course, anyone who's had the misfortune of trying to cycle in and around these huge vehicles will understand how intimidating it is because our roads haven't... I mean, your last speaker said that our cars have gotten bigger in the last 20 years, but our roads haven't, right? Our streets haven't. I actually Therefore, think our roads, have gotten, our roads have gotten smaller. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and obviously we're trying to make space. It's government policy, it's state policy, national policy is to promote active travel. And we're doing that on the one hand. And also, of course, it's government policy to reduce carbon emissions. And something that uh, one of your earlier speakers touched on, but I would like to expand briefly on it, Maureen, and that is that all the benefits of the electrification of cars in Ireland, in other words, all the EVs, all the, the, the benefits, all the, the, the carbon benefits of that over the last 10 years have been completely wiped out. Because we've, because we've switched so many vehicles to SUVs. And, and therefore, uh, there's a huge carbon impact with these large things. And again, this isn't rocket science. If your vehicle is large and heavy, it uses more fuel to get around. Now, I'm sure I can already hear people saying, but my one doesn't matter. <laughs> my one does that amount. Don't lie. You'll have individual people telling you that their thing runs on a thimble of diesel and it gets you from, from Cork to Donegal. But statistics don't lie. Larger, heavier vehicles use, use more fuel, fuel. Okay. pushing up our national fuel our national fuel consumption at a time when we're supposed to be reducing it. Okay, I just want to squeeze in uh, one more caller. Sean, you're in Cork. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, Sean, what's, what's your take on this? Uh, my take uh, is, is more specifically in response to that last caller. Uh, the, the stance regarding emissions is just a trope that's trotted out by people that are anti-SUV. The majority of SUVs that are sold in Ireland are the Nissan Qashqai size, the Kia Sportage size, etc. Those vehicles have a 1.6 or a 1.5 litre diesel engine and fall into the category of the lowest emissions that there are on the road. So it's not about emissions. He also said that our infrastructure is not designed to cope with vehicles that are two and a half to three tonnes. Those SUVs weigh nowhere near two and a half or three tonnes. And also, in almost every instance, when you're talking about the extreme dimensions of the vehicle in width and length and height, well, actually, maybe not height, to be fair, uh, an SUV is no wider or longer than any vehicle, more or less. Like, there's, there's maximum dimensions of five, meter in, five meters long and approximately two meters wide. And many, many regular saloon cars have the same size footprint. And the weight debate is also, it's equally as tenuous because... In almost every case, an electric vehicle weighs the same amount or more than an SUV in the next 
size category up from them. And I have some statistics there. Oh, I, w- I won't have time for the statistics, um, Sean. I'm going to actually have to leave it there. It's probably something we are going to come back to. So uh, thanks to Sean and, and all the callers we had on that. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.